Hi everyone, I'd like to welcome you to Bite Size Technology, where we'll help educate and hopefully entertain you on all things IT. Good afternoon and thank you for joining us for another episode of Bite Size Technologies. Um, my name is Joe Edwards. Uh, I'm Head of Solutions and Technology Sales at Byte Software Services. I'm delighted to be joined today by Matlock in, in various offices um, to talk all things security. Matt, I'll let you introduce yourself. Thank you. Um, I'm Matlock. I'm the Technical Director for Veronis in the UK. I've been with the company about nine years now, spent my whole life working in cyber. Um, didn't used to be called cyber, of course, but now it does. So, uh, yeah, so that's where we are. Excellent. Thanks very much. So, originally, we had an idea of talking about data security as a, as, as a whole, but actually, having had spent a few moments talking to Matt this afternoon, uh, we decided to move the conversation a little bit more towards the benefits of putting data security at the front of business transformation projects. Yep. Um, there are a couple of ideas that we want to, to explore, but based on Matt's experience first off, um, we've talked a little bit about cloud in the past, we've seen a lot of people going through those migrations. Um, talk to me a little bit about the challenges that customers are talking to you about in terms of delivering successful projects in those areas. Sure, sure. Um, well, the, I mean, it's, it, it's, we live in a situation where data is being stored in so many different repositories, on-premise in the cloud, and organizations are faced with this challenge of having confidence that it's being used correctly and, and, and they understand what's going on. Um, because of the very nature of where data is stored now, people are using any device from anywhere to get access to it. Um, and in essence, what that does is it sort of flips traditional security models that we've been trying to implement for years on its head. You know, we're not looking at the perimeter now. We're not looking at endpoints. Data isn't really held on endpoints anymore. Um, and so organizations are having to adopt and, and, and adapt to an inside-out security approach, which we call a data-first security approach. Um, and the challenges with that is that you need to make sure that you're confident that all of these applications that you want to use and your staff want to use, and I know we're going to talk about you know, what people expect to be able to use nowadays, um, you need to be able to understand and answer fundamental questions around it. So, which is why you know, to embrace these types of technologies, you need to think you know, firsthand how we're going to secure it. Yeah, I think what we're certainly seeing, because um, Bytes was so focused on understanding you know, uh, a business's momentum yeah. in, in what could be termed as digital transformation. In reality, it's, it's you know, the whole market is moving to, to more cloud-focused technologies for all of the things you just discussed. So yeah. we want to be able to get to data wherever it is. Um, you know, we want to have a good experience using that data. Um, but one of the main things I think I'd really like organizations to think a little bit more about is, is that opportunity. So by moving the focus to data, I think it's probably worth us just discussing that first in terms of... Sure. Veronis's approach to what focusing on the data first means, yeah. and in, in essence, the operational benefits of looking after, understanding that data, yeah. taking that data-centric approach, and the benefits that gives an organization when they're going through that transformation, or, or just in a simple sense, yeah. that cloud migration process? Sure, sure. Well, I mean, the way I typically look at it is if you were able to answer yes to three really quite fundamental, easy questions, then you can safely say that you've got a good grip on your data that it's safe you know do you know where all your important data is stored do you know that if the right people have access to this data and do you know if it's being used correctly if you can answer those then you're in a good place the challenge comes is when you can probably answer maybe one or or none of them then you're going to be in a situation where you're going to start being asked questions by other parts of the business 
you know, who want to make sure that, for example, compliance officers, do we know where regulatory information is held? You know, the board, the shareholders are going to want to make sure that we can identify if data is being stolen or encrypted or deleted or, um, and so you need to be able to have three core f pillars of, of understanding, which is security, which is sensitivity, and you know, which is a, 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 a activity around the data as well. So I think the the it's it, the, the, I guess the challenge then is to is to knit the two conversations together around um, the operational effort yeah. of transforming your business, and ultimately, you know, ninety percent of businesses today are run purely around the data that they use, how sure. they use it, how they sell it, and the challenge is is bringing those two conversations so that the conversation around data centric security isn't just seen as uh, something that's going to get in the way, yeah. a challenge, yeah. a high cost, because certainly as two organisations who've worked very closely for a long time, sure. we've often come to those migration-type conversations, Let's, if, you know, if we go back three, four, five years even, mm. where a lot of really you know, forward-thinking people in an organisation will be talking to Bytes, be talking to Bavronis about how they want to understand where their data is, who's using it, where it's stored. Um, and the challenge would often come uh, when it came down to, okay, what are the operational benefits of using this technology? And, and for me, that's always been really important. So mm -hmm. you mentioned, um, you know, where is the data? Um, so for me, um, there are a number of really key efforts in looking at where data is in terms of that migration process and having control over it. Sure. Um, so how can, we, how can we transfer that conversation from thinking about where data is just purely from a security perspective and turning it into a conversation that talks about the benefits of operational efficiency around data. Yeah, sure. Sure. Well, I, I think every organization now is in some shape or form embracing a level of collaboration now in the cloud because they, we, we know the benefits. We've had two years of seeing the benefits you know, with, with the pandemic. Um, but what they're finding is being able to embrace these collaboration tools and there are you know, so much research that suggests why it's helping businesses be more productive. We're now in this thinking where we don't need to come back to the office all the time because we can work remotely, we can be collaborative. But then organizations are finding that they're storing all sorts of data in these, in these collaboration tools. So we, the traditional ones, the Microsofts, the, the Googles, the Box, these types of, of things where we're sharing files and folders and data. That's one thing. But then we have, for example, source code, development code that we store in things like Jira and GitHub. And then we might be using CRM systems like Salesforce. And all of these are incredibly collaborative and they allow us to basically run our business but you need to think about the data that's being stored in them. And you need to take a level of control and certainly get visibility into how they're being used. In no shape or form are we ever going to be in a situation where we need to stop that from happening. And there are many organizations early on who put the brakes on any sort of collaboration. And I think it became quite apparent very quickly that they were falling behind the curve. And it wasn't just that they couldn't be as productive as they needed to be, but people was actually starting to think, well, do I want to work for an organization that is quite restrictive in how I can be productive and share this information? So the hand has been forced, but for all the right reasons. But the knock-on effect is, 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 is the individuals that are tasked with ensuring that we still re retain that level of control that perhaps we had when we had it within our, our boundary, our four walls, our perimeter. I think that's... So, so now we're moving into moving this conversation to something that I think we're also really passionate about from that modern workplace aspect as well. Um, one of the key things that organizations worry about is, so you've positioned it there really nicely, is what is it like to work for an organization 
that doesn't have very good control of its data. Yeah. And I think that we always post that in a position of, well, we've all been in the workplace for, for 15 years, 20 years, and we see the current state of affairs as almost a bit of a status quo. Sure. Um, and we're really learning to adapt in terms of what yeah, people's expectations right. are. Sure. Um, one of the big things for us as well is we're getting a younger audience into the workplace. Yeah. And this makes us all sound like old cronies. Of course. However, you know, we were around when there was no real mobile phones. We weren't sharing data in the same way. So there's an expectation really yeah. on organizations to be able to provide the right tools and technologies to collaborate more openly. Sure. Um, and so one of the first bits of that story is around migrating an organization's data from potentially an on-premise yeah. storage area yeah. into the cloud. Um, what sort of questions are you asking organizations when they're, t when they're taking that jump and they're migrating from on-premise into cloud? Yeah. What, kind of, and what kind of advice would you be giving to organizations saying, you know, this is a business enabler, but what are you thinking about doing? These are the next steps you need to take. Yeah, sure, sure. I mean, it's, it's funny. I mean, we ask questions, but we get asked questions as well now, which is a really refreshing thing to be. I think we live in a world where data has become such a top of mind conversation for everybody inside the company now that there seems to be this, this, this immediate apprehension about doing this. And we get asked lots of questions. But when we get involved with these types of conversations these, and these projects, I guess the number one thing is, do you actually know what information you need to put in the cloud? You know, there's been there's been some some attempts to move to the cloud very quickly. Lots of companies were forced in terms of the collabor um, the lockdown, etc. But just you know, lifting and dropping into the cloud is inevitably going to cause you lots of problems. And I don't think that's yeah, that's rocket science. We all know that. It's like the analogy when you move house. You know, that's the one time you go into the loft and think, do I actually need to take all this stuff that I haven't looked at for five, ten years? That's a great analogy. And the answer is no, Kevin, of course it's not. Um, but then compliance will get involved, it gets a little bit more complicated. But there are some really simple fundamental questions. Do we want to take information that really we shouldn't even have in the first place? Because there are cost benefits, of course, for not putting it up there. There's the storage cost, but there's the underlying management of it as well. And then the other side, which we don't tend to think about, is if it is breached, if it is compromised in some way, then A, it's out there in the public domain and it shouldn't be, but also we shouldn't have hold, held it in the first place and we are going to get our, our knuckles wrapped with that. Yeah. So it's, that's a double whammy, I'm afraid. I absolutely love that analogy. I think it's probably the best analogy I've heard of how to take an organisation from one part to the other, saying actually, when you think about moving house, are you yeah. asking the same kinds of questions? I'm sure organisations are, but when you put it that simply, mm. you can then also think about how you know, maybe maybe we talk about items are collected along the way. Sure. When you move house, how many things actually get moved into the attic and yeah. remain there for decades, yeah. never really get used, you know, could potentially be a fire risk if we're gonna go really far down that alleyway. But you know, I've moved house a few times, I'm amazed about the number of things that we keep up in the loft yeah. and never actually sure. never actually use. Sure. I guess then the second point was was talking about you know who has access to the information. Yeah. And Another thing that came out of the last few years' worth of working, which I, get, which I think a few of us were aware of prior to that, mm -hmm. you know, we talk about um, you know, we talk about a Microsoft platform like Teams, yep. and how organisations are, are are quite rightly really exploring and pushing the boundaries of, of what these what these kinds of technologies can do. Yeah. Um, I, for one, have really enjoyed using the technology. Um, it's allowed me to have you know, constant conversations with oh, with, with all different types of people absolutely. and share information in different ways, yeah. but. Um, it's been also really good working with, with Verona to understand a little bit more about some of the challenges and concerns 
that organisations have about using those tools or potentially even didn't think of yeah. first off. So yeah. talk to me a little bit about that second point in terms of well, I think th- who's got access to it. Yeah, absolutely. That's, 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 that's understand that when we start to introduce these tools where we begin to collaborate like Teams uh, and, and etc., then really what we're doing is we're giving that control to the business to go and build these environments where they can share and collaborate. And by giving them the ability to share and collaborate and build these teams and these environments, they're in essence taking over the control of the access. You know, they're starting to decide who's got access to my data, they're starting to share information out. And it, it, again, it's, it's, it's a security model that's flipped on its head because if you go back years when, when it was down to IT, if you wanted to get access to something, you put in a request, you got access to the P drive, I don't know, and then you got added to a group and then it was made and someone signed it off and it went off and you know you probably got it, it may have taken three or four days, but yeah. nonetheless there was a level of control around it. Now if I want to get access to a file in a team site, I can make a request to it, it goes to somebody, they look at me, they go, oh that's Matt, he works with Ronis, he's in the company, I approve it, bum, he's gone, they got it. And before you know it, this is one team site. There are hundreds, thousands of team sites being created all the time, and very, very quickly it can start to get out of control. So not only are you giving the responsibility to the business to decide on the access to the data, but also you need to understand the underlying infrastructure that's providing that level of collaboration. Teams is a brilliant example because Teams is the, you, you, can, you can equate Teams to something like Outlook. Okay, Outlets gives us access to our mail and our calendars and our contacts. Yeah. And sitting underneath that is an exchange server, typically. Teams is a client, and underneath that it has SharePoint Online. It uses OneDrive, it uses Azure, um, it uses Exchange as well for, for mailboxes and calendars and creating meetings and stuff. So there's lots of Sony applications and repositories that each have their own way of providing access and permissions, and it can suddenly, without actually understanding what's going on underneath, you tend to lose sight very quickly of, well, who actually has access to this team site that we created? You know, you've got your list, but then there might be other users added in via SharePoint, and there might be somebody in that team who shared something out externally, and suddenly we don't know that that external recipient can now get access to not only all the data that's in there, but anything else that we then upload, and the owner may not know this. So we just need to be, it's a fine balance. We have to embrace, but we have to actually ask some difficult questions. Yeah, I think the, the so, and, and we talked sort of earlier, and one of the main things I wanted to make sure we we would come back to is is the opportunity of yeah. data security at the front. So, um, you know, um, a number of of, of, of CISOs, um, CIOs, but also um, uh, directors and organisations who are who are fundamentally in control of the data um, for a number of years now, they've always been thinking, uh, and I think maybe the business didn't understand this, but they've always been thinking of ways if they go to a data centric approach. Yeah. They can really become a, day, a business enabler of, of allowing yeah. and, and really, uh, I guess, what, what you call recognising the power of those platforms. Yeah. Um, so before we go on to, I guess, the last, the, the kind of the third, the third point um, around, around how is it how is it being used? Um, what what are we asking organisations to do at that point? So when they're looking at, at becoming more dynamic in the way they, they share data, mm-hmm. uh, and we're saying right, so um, you know, where is the data? Who's got access to it? Um, when we come on to that third point of, of how people are sharing it, yeah. how, are we, how are we going to talk to organisations about how that data-centric approach is going to become a business enabler for them to really become a dynamic business? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think there's a level of, of, of um, responsibility that you can give to the business and, and we can educate, and of course we can, and we've been doing this for years. 
but there needs to be a level of control that you have that overrides the activity. So for example, you can, you can determine early on that data that's of a certain value or sensitivity to the business, there has to be controls in place with that. We can't allow that type of information to be shared publicly, for example. Maybe internally, maybe collaboratively within teams, you know, we can do that. So how do we then, in, in essence, we don't want the employees to share or overly share sensitive information, and I guess neither do they, unless they're on the way out or they're being paid <laughs> some money to do it, I don't know. But, but really, if we can help enforce policies but at the same time allowing collaboration, then we end up with this happy medium. So let's take the example of really sensitive information. We need to understand, A, who's using it and where it's located. We need to understand the access around it. We need to understand you know, if it's being used or, or in a way that warrants a level of investigation. And if we can control it, so for example, I know for example Microsoft allow you to implement labeling, which is a great way of having an overriding policy. You know, so we, we can collaborate, we can share information, but if it reaches a certain level of sensitivity, then I'm afraid there are going to be restrictions in terms of what can leave the business. Um, so it's, visibility is key because it allows you to determine whether it's been used correctly, whether the right people are using it, who in the business is potentially the custodian or the owner of that information. If something were to happen, if somebody was suddenly opening up files that perhaps they shouldn't but they have access, at least we know in the business who we can go and talk to. And of course, if, if anything was taken, the board, the shareholders are going to want to know what exactly what was taken and, and who did it and, and was it sensitive in any shape or form. So visibility into actually what's happening with the data is as important in understanding who's got access to it in the first place and, and what is sensitive. Yeah. And if you can get those three pillars together, then really you can start to answer all sorts of fundamental questions. So uh, I guess on, on that very point, I, I would like also to come, you know, come back again to um, younger generations coming into organisations. Yeah. Talk, so, so we've talked there about, so now we understand where the data is. Yep. Um, we've, we're hoping that we've spent some time ensuring that people have the right type of access to the right data. And, and, and obviously in that migration process, mm -hmm. we've taken that approach of, right, we're moving house, what do we really need? You know, do we need to move that to cloud? Um, I mean, personally, I've always found that that, that investigation into where the data is surfaced is so many, so many things that, 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 that are fantastic for operational efficiency. But when we go into towards a more dynamic way of working, um, I think that this is the bit maybe we, we, the data-centric approach becomes really important because um, you mentioned to me before a little bit more about you know, being less about devices. Yes. Um, so talk to me a little bit more, I guess, I guess to sort of finish with about what we're, what we're meaning when we talk about you know, devices become less important from a security perspective and yeah. how, how data-centric first security become an enabler. Absolutely. You know, this has been, this has been brewing for years, is not it? We've been using all sorts of devices. They're becoming more and more clever and intelligent, and we can get access to different places. So the devices themselves, the speed at which we can connect to these data stores, there is no need to store data on phones and laptops. And, you know, if we use things like OneDrive and Google, it typically syncs everything up to the cloud anyway. And we are starting to embrace that because we know then that, you know, like for example, you know, my team, one of their laptops died, they can get a new one sent out in the afternoon, we're back up and running straight away. Okay, so um, we cannot focus on the endpoints now. We cannot look at the devices and just think, if we've got control out of that, then inevitably that's going to be the gateway into our data because the gateway into our data is any device now. So you have to think about 
a data-first approach. You have to think about all of these controls, get that real fundamental you know, understanding of the access, the content, the usability of this information, and then you can worry less about how it's being accessed and where they're coming from. Um, and, and everything just becomes less firefighting and, and much easier. And then you start to become, you know, much easier. You can embrace these collaborative platforms and you can take on new platforms and new cloud applications. And inevitably, there's going to be another 100 or so that's going to pop up over the next 12 months or so that businesses will start looking at. Um, but again, it just comes down to the three fundamental approaches of looking at the data first approach and it, it becomes much easier. Yeah. I, I mean, and this is where we're not alone. You know, we're, we're a business that's growing. We, we, we're, we're attracting you know, younger people into an organisation. Sure. Um, and we're also talking to our customers about ways that they can, they can manage their data more effectively, um, platforms that they can use this data on. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're hoping that by having discussions like this, we can talk to organisations about yeah. how going data first actually becomes a real mechanism yeah. for organisations to have confidence sure. Sure. in taking on those new platforms. Yeah. You know, tick the box. I've done this exercise, yeah. I know what data I'm moving to cloud, I know who's got access to these things, and fundamentally, we can now go forward with a lot more confidence and deliver much more flexible work opportunities. And it should be easier. If you think okay. about what we're actually trying to protect now, we're not trying to protect the boundary and the four walls and the VPNs and the web proxies and the URLs and the mail gateways and everything now. We're not trying to tackle these and the firewalls and the IPSs that we've done for years. Let's just focus on the data. We're using cloud providers that are giving us the infrastructure, they're giving us the mechanisms to build a business on it, of course we need to control the access and that's our responsibility, but that's what we need to focus on. Everything else now has become superfluous to what we were trying to achieve before. You know, people yeah. have devices, people, they want to use their own devices, embrace it, there's no reason why not to anymore. No. Well, I think for us, hopefully, you know, um, by, having, by having this particular conversation, we can you know, or draw draw more more customers or, or organisations to talk to to various handbikes about um, how a data centric approach is is actually going to be a huge business enabler. You know, there are massive transformations in the way they can realise costs against their data, um, but actually more importantly, how it's going to allow them to to take much more confident steps into the future of, of collaboration. So um, for us, that's that, I think it's great. We 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 can sit here and, and have these conversations about the simplicity of it, but sure. but I hope we are. You know, we're opening up a conversation that says, actually, security isn't about putting chains on. Yeah. Security is about being an enabler for businesses Absolutely. to be more successful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Great. Um, thanks very much for having uh, Bytes in, in, in London today. Thank you for, and, for coming. And, <laughs> and hopefully, um, we'll, we'll have you in for another conversation, potentially uh, back, in, back in Hold Off shortly. Absolute yeah. pleasure. Thanks Thank very you. much. No problem. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Bite Size Technology. Please do watch out for our next session coming soon.